You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast, where we discuss hot topics in the sports landscape. I am your host for today, Alan. And as usual, we're going to go ahead and get started with our grateful moments. I'm going to start with Kelvin, bro. We ain't we haven't heard from you in a while. What's your grateful moment? Yo, what's going on, everybody? Um, grateful moment. Man, I, I don't listen, man. It's good to hear your voice, brother. Uh, good to see the team again. Um, I got a lot of grateful moments, man. But I, I guess I'm grateful for um, this past week, my son. I celebrated his fifth birthday. Um, it's a lot of things been going on, man. I've been very, very busy, man. And I don't want to get into everything, but I'll just stay on that one. I'm thankful. Um, we spent time with family, went out a couple places. He had a good time overall. So, man, I'm, I'm grateful for that, brother. No doubt, no doubt. I remember when my godson turned five. I know Phil hates that I'm mentioning a godchild right now, but that's why I'm going to him next. What are you grateful for, Phil? I am grateful for... Most of the team on today, um, everyone has busy lives, so um, we can't always be together. But when we are, it is crazy. So I appreciate each one of these guys um, um, and all those who participate on the podcast. We're over 200 episodes, um, over two years together, and we're still pushing through. I'm also thankful for my New York Mets beat the Braves. Oh, I hate the Braves. I hate the Braves. They're the only team in baseball. Who who picks who could pick so many regular players, but they play so extraordinary and always beating the Mets behind. And finally, finally, we gave them a gentleman's sweep. So let's go Mets. We don't generally call talk about baseball unless it's something you know uh, comfortable or the audience may hear. But I have to shout my New York Mets. We've been in the bottom of the barrel for the last seven eight years. The new owner, the pitchers. Everything's come together. I think we're a year away from finally winning our championship after 20-something, 30-something years, 86. So I'm grateful for them. Yeah, you can be grateful for it. But with them next colors, I don't know how much closer they'll get. Um, sorry, it's a real session. I'm trying to I'm trying to warm myself up. <laughs> Evan, what are you grateful for this week? What's up, everybody? It's been a while. Glad I came back. Missed you all. Um so I'm grateful this week. I had a chance to what I call get away for my Mount Sinai moment. Uh, my cousin had a had, had a house I could I could use. I was unoccupied. I went down there, hung out uh, by myself, um, spent time with God, um, recalibrate my mind, ate junk food, soul food, all kinds of food, and now I'm mad because I have a doctor appointment on Monday. And he's like, man, you haven't you you gained weight? And I'm like, no, nah, well, it's like fake weight. It's weight, weight losing, but yeah. So grateful to be back and grateful to have a, a good time away. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Sometimes you just gotta get away and just unwind and just recalibrate everything. And I am grateful for I'll say I'm grateful for this. So at work, I had to conduct a survey a few weeks ago. I had to pretty much just like put it together or whatever. And then I finally sent it out to all these agencies uh, that we work with. And I started to like finally look at the results after our class 
after I closed the survey last Friday. And as I was going through it, you know, you always ask the question like, um, how do you feel about the customer service? Um, for those who did actually have to like use us for a customer service at the time. And then I kept seeing nice things about me. So I was like, he's knowledgeable. He's time efficient. I was like, yo, like this feels pretty good. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, they might have to give me a, a pay raise bump for all this. But <laughs> I am grateful that uh, people are seeing that I am being of good use and able to assist them whenever they do need the assistance. So I'm grateful for that positivity. Let's go ahead and get started with our episode today. Uh, we'll focus on basketball probably for this just this one topic, but the rest will be, of course, about the NFL with some major news that's dropped. But there was a there was a clip that dropped on Twitter. Mike James, uh, he he's in the Euroleague, but he also played with the Brooklyn Nets the year where the alleged big three was together, but not really. And he was on a podcast and he said, well, Steph, he's a great player, but he's just a one-dimensional player. He's a point guard and he's not really the primary ball handler a lot. And that kind of bothers me being a point guard. So everyone on Twitter is just looking at, well, I won't say everyone, people with common sense <laughs> is looking at Mike James is like, bro, you got to be serious, right? Like, how how is he one-dimensional? So I'm just going to allow an early little, I don't want to call it a roast session, but we can go ahead and call it a roast session. Because what do we think about players? There's players who can play the game but then there's players who make like these outlandish statements like how do we feel about stuff like that so you know funny thing is with mike james legitimately i thought it was mike james used to play for the houston rockets we're talking about a mike james who's a fringe player in the nba um and he's saying that steph curry is one-dimensional it really sounds like he's drinking i mean just drinking deeply of the of the of the of the well of haterade um I mean, Steph is uh, a Hall of Fame talent. He's a guy that's going to go down as one of the greatest. He is the greatest shooter to ever touch the basketball. Um, he's set and shattered records. He's changed the trajectory and how the game is played. He's definitely more than a one-dimensional player. He's um, he's a two-and-a-half level scorer. Uh, I won't spell necessarily a three-level scorer, but I'll say he's a two-and-a-half level scorer. Um, and he is also, um, a guy who handles point guard duties. He does shoot the ball. He does get double doubles. He does get assists. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not, um, ball dominant, like a, a James Harden or LeBron James that they maximizes their assists or Russell Westbrook, but he is still, um, one of the top talents in the NBA and someone who kids tried to emulate the game after. I mean, think about it. I mean, when I when I was playing, like really into playing basketball, you, you never heard of a guy going to the three-point line on a fast break, right? You were cutting to the basket. Now, sometimes I still get crazy, like, yo, we're down one. You're going to the corner. Why are you not taking the two-pointers right there? But at the same time, um, 
basketball, he's shaped and changed the trajectory of basketball. And there are a few players who do that, right? You know, you have, you have Will Chamberlain, you had um, um, Michael Jordan turned into a guards league, ISO league. Um, you have, um, not even, think about this, not, not even LeBron James changed how people play basketball. But, you know, uh, Steph Curry changed the way people play basketball. So um, I think Mike James needs to stop drinking from Haterade and just go on and live, have his career and live a happy life. I don't understand Mike James. I actually thought it was also the other one, the other dude too. <laughs> and then uh, from the Rockets, I was thinking it was him too who came back. But he is an active player playing overseas. And I do agree, dude, how could you average one dimension, but you have five, he averaged this season uh, six assists a game with five rebounds, right? Total rebounds, right? And and won two scoring championship, four-time NBA, and above all, changed the game. He shoots with the ball in his hand and he shoots without the ball in his hands. And he has, I think his free, three free throw percentage is in the high what, 90s. What dimension are you talking about? The offensive dimension? And he's actually been um, a good help defender. Um, so I don't understand what Mike James means if, he, if he's mad that he can't be like Seth. You know, <laughs> where I think James is a Mike James is a one-dimensional player. Um, so, dude, calm down. Relax. Let the sh- just drink some of the curry and go to his camp. Learn to play like him. Um, if, and he, the dude who changed the game. Uh, Sometimes it's frustrating as a coach <laughs> when you see a young person who who the basket is wide open, like Evan Mitts, cut for the easy two, but step will step back or stop at the three point line, or will grab the rebound and run to the three point line. That's evidence of him on every level of basketball. Steph Curry is a Hall of Famer, a four-time, maybe five-time champion to be, two-time scoring champion, on two times on the, on the, actually on the all-rookies team, part of the 75th anniversary, won the um, Western Conference MVP first ever, and finals MVP. So... And two-time regular season MVP. Apologize, eight-time All-Star. Yeah, they don't hand out to one-dimensional players in this day and age, this NBA. So, Mike James, you made the news. We said your name, and we're probably not gonna say your name again, again after this. But you know what? Keep making your money. Continue what you need to do, but leave the chef out. You know, and do this petty. <laughs> Seth is petty. Because he in a um in a news conference, he even said it so sarcastically, you know, I'm one dimensional. And he laughed. So Steph, keep your petty, stay petty, so you don't have to do, get petty. Man, listen, Dag, we, we um uh, I can't really I don't see I don't know, I didn't see the interview, but I I didn't hear the interview. I don't I don't find that that statement as egregious as everybody else does at all. I really don't. Um, in a traditional, Mike James is coming from a traditional point guard sense. Then I understand with his perspective. Now, if he was just joking and hating, that's different. But 
Steph Curry's not a traditional point guard by any means. His game is built on um, – he's like almost a secondary ball handler in that offense. He has a lot of motion. When he runs off screens, he moves around. A traditional point guard is the ones that facilitate the offense. He doesn't do that traditionally. Um, they share the responsibilities or secondary for him. So if you're coming from the perspective of a traditional point guard and how they manage to facilitate the game, uh, one through four quarters, then you can understand what Mike James is saying. Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear him say Steph Curry wasn't good, wasn't awesome, wasn't amazing. I didn't hear him denounce all the things that he said about uh, that Phil stated about his career, because all those things, like regardless, Steph Curry gets it done. But it's a lot of one-dimensional players. Like some players are just scorers. That's a one-dimensional player. Um, but a point guard in the traditional sense. You got to think about somebody who's managing the game, you know, and Steph necessarily doesn't, he's not a game manager. You know, he's a point guard because he plays, that's where he starts off at the one, but more like a traditional sense, like Mike James is talking about, Mike James might be a traditional point guard. So he might be making a statement based on how traditional point guards play and now how we have combo guards now. Now we got hybrid guards that play, that are scorers and part-time facilitators. Now, if, if you're talking about that type of player, then Mike James, you know, I don't understand his statement. But from from a traditional statement and traditional point guard sense, I don't feel like it's an egregious comment. Here's the thing. Mike James plays like a combo guard. <laughs> he, he, but, he, but, but he doesn't really have the sight. He doesn't really have the size to be a combo guard, right? Like, he can, he can detect the game, but the games that I have watched him play, He's scoring most of the time. And if I I might be wrong, but I feel like he's like, if not the same height or maybe slightly shorter than Steph. Now, I do agree because with you, Kevin, because I'm like, yo, like even like from a traditional point guard, like how many actual traditional point guards outside of CP3 is actually left in the league? There's exactly. not, many, not, not many at all. Not, not many at all. Many. Right. And That's so, what like, I'm saying. Like, if I want to get this comparison, Please don't, please. I'm not saying it's true. But if you want to say he's one dimensional, let's say he's he's Reggie Miller who has who has ball handler that's a great ball handler and is smaller. And just make threes at a higher clip and took more. Like if we really, if we really want to be honest. Am, am I far off on that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, so like, so all right, so what we call what we call Michael Jordan one dimensional. Like if if you had nope. a framework, if you had a framework of, say I'm saying like in terms of he's a scorer, he's just a primary passer, he's a rebounder. You know what I'm saying? Like does Steph give you the vibe? Like LeBron James, nobody's gonna say he's one dimensional, right? Because LeBron can score, he passes. You know he does. You know he does a lot of things at a high at a high level. When you think of Steph, you know he's thinking like Steph. You ain't you're not even on the ball all the time. Your point. Your, your status as point guard is the one that manages the game. So you're really not a point guard, Steph. You know what I'm saying? By definition. But Kelvin, the, the NBA has really, in, in, in essence, the NBA has gone away from positions. There is no such thing. It's, it's really, we're into a positions, positionless league right now. Because what's considered a point guard is not tradition. There is no traditional point guard other than really CP3. Everybody else, everybody handled the ball. Centers handled the ball. Forwards handled the ball. Every position, tall, short, everyone handles the ball. And, and the goal is to work within the system. 
and well, the system I, I works agree for them. With you with that. I don't think I don't think shooting guards. I think shooting guards are still shooting guards. I think small forwards are still small forwards. So I think they change point guards. But on this traditional shooting balls do bring up the ball, and and like Westbrook is considered a shooting guard, right? Not really a no. point guard. He's considered a shooter guard who can't really shoot. Right. I no, I, I always see him put, uh, labeled as point guard his whole career. Point guard? I, I thought yeah. he was considered a, a shooting guard. In college he was playing there too. Did yeah. too? Yeah. Oh, OKC everywhere he went, I see him playing yeah. one. I think he can switch over because he like you like we saying, I guess he's the he's the new age hybrid. Like right. Derek Rose was like the guy that brought out like, yo, these are hybrids, you know what I mean? They even tried to do it with AI because AI was like, they was like, yo, we're going to switch him over to the two off the ball. So we're going to put Eric Snow out there because AI is so small. Right. So, I mean, but I just feel like the way the game is going. And look, I'm not trying to defend Mike James. I don't know Mike James. I ain't here to interview. But I always, you know, you, you can always look at here. Like, I'm trying to hear past hate because I don't think he's just a hater. I, I don't know if he's just a hater because it's a legitimate statement when you look at point guards in a sense like Allen said, Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Or like Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash always had the ball in his hand. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it wasn't like in the sense that he didn't manage the game. He always managed the game. You know, but Steph can really go without managing the game and play off the ball the whole game. And he can manage and he can manage the game with the ball in his hand. I've seen him done done both. And I'm sure he could, right? But I'm just saying the argument was that he doesn't. So if he could, you know. I'm not saying that he can't. I don't know, but I'm just saying he said he he doesn't traditionally. I've seen him do both. He doesn't traditionally, but the way that the way that he attracts so much attention, you can you can see how he affects the game. Oh like yeah, for that, sure. That little that little nuance because I'm like, yo, like you have to basically guard this dude a whole 94 feet, but he's still even with all the points. And the attention he attracts, he's still getting like just six and a half, almost seven to six. Six, right. For his for his and career. So I think it's smarter to have him off the ball, to be honest, just because, like you said, like it, it changes the way you play defense with him having a move in motion. So it's not like a bad thing as far as like strategy, but I I'm just staying with his with his argument. Like I'm not trying to go nowhere, but his argument is that the Steph doesn't stop sympathizing with six one Mike James. Nah, I'm not. I mean, nah, I ain't got no buy. I'm just objectively looking at the comment, man. I ain't even hear it. I'm just objectively looking. That's all. Hey, but there's this there's this other joint that looks like a hater. I'll send it. I'll send it later, probably in the next segment. But let's go ahead and transition to our next topic. So, I believe it was Monday. Yes, on Monday, ex federal judge Sue Robinson. She. She said Watson should be suspended for six games. Um, everyone didn't take that well. The league was pushing for a year. However, the judge, she said, well, going by what you set the precedent as, which was six games, although the behavior was weird and although you gave me these four credible witnesses, six should be the game. Now, within the next, I believe it was 48 hours, the NFL went ahead and filed the appeal. Roger Goodell already has his designee, and I'm not sure. I didn't see the report, but I believe that the NFLPA may have, or someone can correct me if I'm wrong, um, 
came out with a statement. I know they had, I think, it, at least till Friday to do so, but I didn't hear anything. Um, I guess the the appropriate question is, is a year enough for this suspension or should it just be indefinitely? Or what's your thoughts on it in general? So, all right. So with this situation, right, maybe y'all can give me some more clarity. But from what I understand, it's the outside arbiter, right, um, who made a ruling because of traditionally with the NFL, um, the, the the commissioner had too much power. So that's something that the NFL Players Association agree with and the owners agree with. So now she made a decision. And because you don't like the decision, um, you're trying to go back and try to change the precedent. I don't like that. That part for me, I don't like, because if you, if you, if you made a decision solely because you wanted to get out the way and make sure a process was fair for everybody, then that's your process. So now you're going back and reneging on your process for me. I, I'm just looking at the case. Like I, I don't, somebody did it. She was outside. She wasn't in the NFL. She's not part of the association players association. She made a judgment. I think you got to stick with the judgment. So, I, I mean, I'm not even talking about what, what he did right now. I'm just talking about it's not consistent for me, the process. And I think the process should be more consistent. I agree. Um, they, they have a template. And I'm not saying he should get more, he should get less. This is based upon, and the ruling is based upon the template the NFL has. And the, temp, and the NFL has, does not have rules that that warrant a punishment greater than what was already given or has bylines and, and um, rules. In a sense, when you have bylines or guidelines, that often tells you, hey, this is what we do in this situation. Standard operation procedure or, or, or anything that has policies that deals with this situation. So I think NFL is trying to save face because they haven't done anything in the past year and um, which allows them to do anything more. So I think the ruling was given based upon what the information and what the guidelines they do have. Do he deserve more? If, if, the NFL, if they deserve more, that's up to what the NFL have decided. But it's funny how they, what warns me is funny is a guy who was not on the team, not on the NFL, team he was off bet on his own team got more and won a more harsh pen penalty versus a guy in this situation watson that's confusing me the nfl needs to give back that dude that receiver who from i forgot his name his oh, money back Wrigley, really? yeah his money back and reduce the time stop doing that that's not fair all right but nfl needs to get their priorities straight yeah, I mean, I think there does need to be a clear process by which they go about uh, deciding these cases. Um, in addition, people need to be. I, I, I mean, I think I think if the if the judge found that there was clear evidence that uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, was acting as a predator and was um, a safety, posed a safety risk to women, 
they definitely should have had a harsher punishment than six days, six games. Uh, and so I'm actually for the NFL appealing. Um, because, I mean, players can appeal a ruling, right? So let's even think about, let's think back to Bounty Gate, right? The players uh, play, uh, players appealed Bounty Gate um, all those years ago uh, because NFL was found to be overstepping their bounds. So I think they're in their, within their, their wealth and their right to appeal uh, and try to get down to the bottom of it based upon expecting more. So I'm interested to see how it turns out and um, we'll see uh, what happens. Yeah, so my thoughts on it was once it happened, I'm like, well, I kind of expect the league to to appeal, like not even knowing this. Like, you know, I was like, I don't know how how long he should be suspended. I was like, but I'm like, I know the league isn't going to let these six games ride out. But I also thought about the conversation that we had a while ago about it. I said, yo, like, when you really think about it, like, even if you do a year, (laughs) the way his contract is set up, and then on top of that, the, what was it? I can't remember right now. But really, it's just like, yo, like, basically, it's just like, yo, like, the NFL, like, the way that y'all handled everything just like with your processes it's just it's your fault (laughs) i'm like how can you be mad on the judge just giving or upset that the judge only gave six games right oh this is what i was gonna say everyone's mad at the nfl when the nfl and the nflpa agreed to have a designee for an independent arbitrator and she and it's a woman it's not like oh, this is an emotional decision. She looked at the case as a as a judge. Like, here's the evidence. Here's the facts. This is what you have done. This is how it should be. Now, if you did it differently as to like how many games should be, a person should be suspended is based on the amount of people. It's like, well... That's not really how due process really works. And they don't really have a due process. It's just like, hmm, this is how I feel about it. Boom. It's basically like a, it's not a dictatorship, but it's a weird dictatorship. I don't even know the word for it. Um, it's not Congress, but it's it's the in-between Congress and dictatorship type deal. And when the next CBA comes out, we're really going to see how everything happens moving forward. I feel like, honestly, by that time, they're not going to be very loud about it. It'll probably happen. And then next thing we know, we we could potentially forget about it. Because, like, if I can be honest, how many times are we going to see a lawsuit come out or a civil suit come out with a whole bunch of massage therapists again. This isn't your typical, you know what I mean? Like, it's not your typical civil suit. Like, not trying to downplay sexual misconduct or foreplay, but for what happened with Deshaun, like, 
it's different if it's a few people we'll be like mm. but the amount of people like if we ever see this again in our lifetime i would be shocked i just don't see it really happening again so we'll have to see what happens move forward all i know is that deshaun will more than likely get suspended but for how long we'll see what the league does about that and the day there's a good question. I got a question real quick too. Just this is something I'm, I'm thinking about. Uh-huh. Then they give didn't the league give uh Roethlisberger six games for rape? Alleged rape. He got six games, but he got down to four. Okay, so the, uh, so I I'm thinking she's basing these rulings on what the league has set up to be the standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now the league wants to, wants to get they right. want to go back and say. Uh, I want to appeal my own doing. You do. You guys did this. Like uh, she, she's going by what you guys, what you guys said. Yeah, but Kelvin, that's that's that is before the Me Too movement. That's before these things take a lot more serious. I mean, think about it. I mean, they're think about it. Cops used to ignore pressure beating their wives. They just no, no. I agree with you, and that's my problem even more so because you guys are only appealing now because of the media attention. You know what I'm saying? You don't really disagree yep, with the rules. You, yeah, you're trying to save face out here. And that's the part I don't respect. You guys are all about money and the integrity of the game. So, so you want to penalize somebody for betting on the game because you think that's way more, you think that's way more of a, 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 tarnish, a tarnishing of your reputation than for somebody to do something, domestic type of abuse or violence. You know, so for me, I'm not buying it. Like, I'm not buying this NFL story. Now, the fact that Sean Watson, what he's doing, he's a creep. Like, it's no getting around that. Right. But I'm just saying, you talk about law and talk about being fair. You guys are only doing it to save face. I don't res- I don't respect that, man. Because if you care, if you cared, you cared. And if it was something serious, you only appealing because you're hearing a lot of uproar from the public. But, Kelvin, I mean, that's corporate America, right? I mean, let's think about it, right? Remember Ray Rice, that thing came out? And yeah. they already had the video. But once it got leaked publicly, then they then they then they cut him, right? And right. then they spend him indefinitely. Um, right. I don't think I don't believe these athletes, these these rappers, or these corporations, um, really respect LGBT, LGBTQIA plus as much as they say, as much as they celebrate Pride Month in June or all those other things. But mm-hmm. it's the nature of, yo, we're not trying to lose our money. So, I mean, corporate America is not a place for respect. It's a place where the bottom line is, how am I, get, how am I getting in the most fun? How am I going to keep myself from being sued? How am I going to keep myself being accused of being sexist, uh, homophobic, racist, or whatever the case may be, you know? So, you ain't got respected, but I mean, that, ultimately, that's the game. Agree, agree, hundred percent. I, I agree, hundred percent. All I'm, all I'm stating is, anybody that's looking at it, you can see the hypocrisy, and because we see the hypocrisy involved with it, it's kind of hard for me to to sympathize or with, with you guys saying, "Oh no, this wasn't right." Like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> we know what it really is. Like, <laughs> it's going to affect my brand. You know what I'm saying? So I. I I agree with you, Ev. Like, I know at the end of the day, it's a money game, man. So it is what it is, but you can miss me with all that like you and, care. Unless I act like these these owners aren't doing the same thing. Robert Kraft. 
Yo, yeah. he had a whole statement, and I was like, bro, you are the last person who needs right to right now. The right. only reason why you get to get off is because Roger Goodell works for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. <laughs> but that actually brings a great transition into our last topic. So if we remember about the Brian Flores lawsuit, the NFL, they stripped the Miami Dolphins of a first-round pick for 2023. The owner, Stephen Ross, is fined 100, not 100, $1.5 million. And also, he's suspended from any type of NFL activities until October 17, 2022. Ashley, my godson's birthday, which is kind of crazy. But, um, but yeah, so basically, they're saying that he violated the integrity of the game. And that's due to basically trying to reach out to Tom Brady and Sean Payton. It had nothing to do with tanking in 2019. And I'm sitting here thinking like, so this is almost like the same question, like, this doesn't really send a message to owners like is it really worth the one and a half million because they're worth like billions or almost billions so like what is the is the punishment worth it at the end for owners listen 1.5 billion is like to me i went out with my wife yesterday and we had a nice dinner went to fire let's go fire bird it's a nice restaurant, not upscale, not low scale. I think a meal came out to the, between two of us, 80 bucks. 80 bucks to me is not is nothing. 80 bucks to me 10 years ago, I've been crying and cursing, <laughs> veggie cursing. So to 1.5 billion is $10 to a billionaire, all right? It's only 10 or $50. It's nothing. Owners, how it, it's the greatest, greatest scheme. The person who run your league, you're their boss, <laughs> right? Sure. You're their boss. So how could you say, how could you do anything to your boss, right? You're going to get a slide. He got off scot-free. He implicated, the ruling was he did say something stating that they should tank, but it was a joke. Right, and the, the the arbitrator said, "Congratulate Brian Flores for not following the joke." But you know what? It was just a joke. In other words, he did state those things that may, it weren't um, is it tampering or tanking, but because it was said as a quote quote joke, they were holding him responsible. But he's trying to go above and beyond to get these two guys. One was in two, both of them was in contract at the time. Right, but it's okay because my my boss did it. It's okay, my boss did it. So it's difference between my boss gave me the pencils and pins in the office versus my supervisor gave me the pins in the office. Right, so the NFL is a joke. You know, they just make scripts that 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 please them because if they're really about the integrity of the game, they would them far more than this. You know. Bring back, you know, the Patriots owner who was in the same situation and he got a slap in the wrist, right? I don't think anything happened to him, the owner for the Patriots, who did this really not as much, we know, but same situation as Watson. But he got slapped in the wrist. So, you know what? The rich get richer. 
And those who, the working rich millionaires, they're just the pawns, the pawns of this whole thing. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Yeah, so I think it's crazy um, how how things are, are levied, right? But I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, like as as Phil Phil pointed out, that that's that's nothing for a for a king, you know. So, um, on, on, in addition, I'd add that um, I'd add it's just like tampering, right? If the, if the penalty is not severe, guys aren't going to be like, oh, it's not worth it. If you get a, if you get if you land a championship player and you camper, okay, it was worth. It. I get championship at the end. You're not you're not you're not stripping me of my championship and my title. So, you know, it's a slap on the wrist. It's it's more so for the public saying, hey, we've done something. More so than it is really a a punishment. It's like it's like it's like if I had to, you know, I give you an example, right? You're in, in Charlotte. You know, someone could commit a fel- uh, commit a crime, as long as it's a nonviolent crime. And even still, sometimes now with COVID, uh, even a violent crime, you know, they arrest you, they book you, and they, and they release you immediately. They're not holding you in prison. Is that an incentive for me not to get back in trouble? You got to find me because you know sometimes they they didn't even try to find me. I mean, they'll try to find them, but they ain't like spending a lot of money doing a manhunt for these people after they go back out. They may never show up to court or anything like that. So, and it's not me, you know, getting involved with, uh, elite, uh, with, with um, the bonds conversation, but there is this reality that some, some, some prisoners or some, some criminals uh, are those who are, com- those who are accused of committing crimes, I should say, aren't worried about being arrested and then re-released into the public. Since it's got not a real penalty, you got to find me to catch me. Look, I'll say this: if you're trying to, it's kind of wild that they're trying to say that the tanking wasn't just. But if you were talking about some, oh, you wanted you wanted Tua or we wanted Justin. Granted, although the team wasn't really good at the time, I still can't see how you could say, oh, we're we're not tanking. That's and that's and that's really the thing that like I kind of thought and I sat down about. I'm like, well, even if even if they were still like trying to go after Drew or Tom Brady at the time or whatever the case is, like if you're just trying to if you're just trying to get one up, shoot, you're trying to get a better player that's that's in the draft. You know what I mean? And and that's really that was really like the main thing that I just sat and thought about. Like, yeah, you took away a first round pick. Yeah, that that sounds all great and all, but where where will you be in the draft? Like, are you getting a? You're not getting a franchise changing player all the time. You know what I mean? Like, they come a dime and a dozen. So this this really is is nothing to Stephen Ross. He gets to chill on a yacht somewhere and still enjoy life. I feel like the only owner I've heard get a real considerable suspension was when Jim Ursay got what was it he he was drunk driving and he got suspended for like half the season that was the only time that you ever really heard an owner gets any kind of punishment or whatever the case is but outside of that man it's just like bro I could do basically 
they're the king of the chessboard. <laughs> let's just let's just keep it real. They're the king of the chessboard, and and really, it's just like yo, like I don't I don't play chess, so I can't even say Roger Goodell is the queen. I don't know what to call him. But <laughs> like I said, I don't play chess, so I don't know. So he's just somewhere. He's just somewhere in the fold in between. He might be the knight. The pawn. I don't. The knight. Yeah. The yeah, knight. He, he's probably. He's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like. I'm just guessing. Like I'm like. He sounds like he'd probably be the knight. So I don't really know. So, but yeah, man. This is this is nothing to Steven Ross. Um, going forward, I think this kind of almost, in a sense, it. And I'm really not trying to go this because I know I'm trying to end. But it also makes you think about like how how black head coaches have that rough opportunity. And then you have like these jokes happen around them. And it's like, yo, bro, like I took this job to win. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't mm-hmm. have I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? And that's and that's something that I mean, those as as black head coaches like really think about. So that's just something that I just wanted to throw out before we end the show. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of a lady and some dudes podcast. Make sure you check us out on the different platforms that we list and post on. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of a lady and some dudes. Please remember to follow us, like share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady. And that is the and sign. Some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.